0: I wanna welcome everyone to the second quarter 2020 quarterly call and business update with progressive care, ticker symbol RXMD. Today on the call, I will be joined by interim CEO, CFO, and chairman of the board, Alan J. Weisberg, controller for the company, Robert Bedwell, and senior advisor of business development Armin Karapetyan. Now, before we begin, I must start off with the cautionary statements regarding forward-looking statements. Statements contained here in this conference call are not based upon current or historical fact and are forward-looking in nature and constitute forward-looking statements within the meaning of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933 and Section 21E of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. Such forward-looking statements reflect the company's expectations about its future operating results, performance, and opportunities that involve substantial risk and uncertainties. These statements include, but are not limited to, statements regarding expected financial and operational results in the second half of the year, the impact of our data analytics products and services on our performance and expected savings from transition to the Hollandale Beach facility. When used herein, the words anticipate, believe, estimate, upcoming, plan, target, intend, and expect, are and similar expressions as they relate to Progressive Care Incorporated, its subsidiaries or its management are intended to identify such forward-looking statements. These forward-looking statements are based on information currently available to the company and are subject to a number of risks, uncertainties, and other factors that could cause the company's actual results, performance, prospects, and opportunities to differ materially from those expressed in or implied by these forward-looking statements. The format today is gonna be a little different because as you heard at the outset, I'm joined by multiple parties. They are going to be in the same room using a speakerphone, so I wanna make them aware, as I have prior to this recording, that I may have to interrupt them if the call quality is not what we need it to be so that they can move closer to the speakerphone. We're gonna get opening comments now From Alan J. Weisberg, again, the interim CEO, CFO, and chairman of the board. Alan, the call is yours.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Alan J. Weisberg, chairman of the board, CFO, and as of Friday, interim CEO. As everybody should be aware by now, on Monday, August 10th, Sheetle resigned as our chief executive officer. We accepted her resignation uh, Friday morning. We're going to Miss Sheetle. She was a friend and and, and an integral part of the company. We wish her the best. As um, I go by Jay, for those of you who don't know, so you're going to hear everybody mentioning Jay, not Alan, and I get confused when people call me Alan. We're, We're very pleased with our results for the second quarter. Um, uh, we believe based upon, uh, our executive committee, the people who are with us that we will still be able to execute our business plan and we're looking forward to continuing to serve the community and our stockholders, our shareholders. Any? uh, I guess I'm supposed to turn it over to Armin now and Armin's going to give you an update on the company for the quarter.
2: That's right. Hi, everybody. This is Armin. Uh, some of you know me for uh, many, many years. I've been with the company uh, since the inception of it. And uh, Jay, as a matter of fact, he has been with the company since 2010 and uh, known Jay since 2000, uh, going back to 2003, I believe. So um, it is um, uh, my pleasure, actually, because uh, we want to talk about the financials. We want to talk about the operations as well. And and development and, and things going forward. But before I do that, I would like to um, give on to uh, Robert Badwell, who's our controller, uh, so he can go over the financials of the company and financial perform- financial performances during the second quarter and a lot six months. Go ahead, Bob.
3: Hi, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Bob Badwell. Uh, I've been the controller for the company for about uh, over a little over two years. And um, uh, prior to that, I worked with them as a CPA. I, um, I've been in public accounting for about 36 years, retired, and uh, very fortunate uh, to be asked to join uh, the company by, uh, by both Arvin and Sheetl. Um I work with uh, both the CEO and the CFO, um, uh, Jay and, and Sheetle in preparing uh, both the quarterly interim financial reporting, as well as the annual financial reporting. Uh, I also work uh, as the liaison between our auditors, our uh, independent public accounting firm, um, and uh, on on our audits as well. Uh, So I want to give you a little bit of a summary of of, um, the results for both the three- and six-month period that ended June 30, 2020. Uh, Hopefully, give you a little bit of background besides the information that you'll find in both our financial statements the related notes to the financial statements, as well as the management discussion and analysis section of our quarterly interim financial report, okay? So the highlights, I think, from the standpoint of our financial reporting for uh, for this six-month period is is that we have year-over-year, period-over-period increases in our overall revenue, Um, the amounts that we earn from operations, for the three months it was approximately $9.2 million, which was a $2.2 million increase over revenue from that same period in 2019. There are two reasons for that. One is, is uh, efforts of our marketing group in terms of increasing our organic growth. So it's very important that along with um, the acquisitions that, uh, that we've made over the last two years, that our marketing team continues to build on our existing base of, of practitioners and uh, managed care organizations, clinics, et cetera. They continue to refer clients to us, and so our numbers reflect that. Uh, obviously, the biggest source of that increase was our acquisition of the two pharmacies in uh, Davie and Orlando, Florida. Okay, so of that total increase of $9.2 million, we had an additional amount of revenue of about $2.4 million just from the FPOX acquisition. For the same same, uh, period end, June 30th, 2020, for the six months, we realized overall revenue from operations of about $18.3 million. That increased about $6.1 million from the same period in 2019, again, for the same reason. Now, what you're... Uh, An overall theme here in terms of my discussion of our financial results and our financial reporting. One of the major significant differences in our reporting, six months, January through June 2020, versus six months, January through June 2019, is that our 2019 results of operations only reflect one month of operating results from FPRX. So you'll, uh, that is probably, you know, as you review our financial statements and and our cash flow statements, that is a significant aspect that you need to keep in mind is that the six-month period, 2019 to 2020, are not exactly comparative because they only contain one month of our acquisition in 2019 versus six months for our acquisition in 2020, okay? So again, that increase of about $6 million between our six-month results for 2020 versus our six-month results from 2019, about uh, $5.7 million of that increase, that $6 million increase, was as a result of the FPOX acquisition. Now, in giving you some context in terms of our revenue growth. Our major metric is obviously the number of patients that we serve. We serve over 21,000 patients, give or take a few. We dispense a significant number. We're now well over 250,000 prescriptions that we dispense. Out of each of our locations Our four locations. Right, that is a pretty significant increase, over 38% over that for the same period, six-month period in 2019. Uh, in terms of our second quarter uh, operations, we dispensed just over 126,000 prescriptions uh, during the second quarter. Uh, that's about a 23% increase over the number of prescriptions that we filled in that same period in 2019. Uh, again, keep in mind that again, it's, uh, we're uh, we're filling prescriptions for FPRX that doesn't you know doesn't. Uh, entirely coordinated in a one month versus six months for that same period. So overall, if you're looking at our increases in the overall growth in pharmacy revenue, they're attributable to three areas. One is the acquisition of FPRX in June of 2019. Second, uh, uh, an extremely concentrated marketing effort at doctors' offices, clinics, long-term care facilities, as well as manufacturer price increases. Those always factor into uh, the increases in revenue as well, offset by any decreases in reimbursements per claim by third-party payers. We'll talk about the nature of those decreases in our reimbursements in a moment, primarily from what we refer to in our financial reporting as DIR fees that are that are charged to us by our pharmacy benefit managers, okay, or PDMs, okay? One area that I uh, uh, call your attention to is, is we've talked in, in past uh, earnings calls about our efforts to diversify our revenue base. Okay, in the past we've been primarily pharmacy-based, uh, medication, dispensing, and so forth. The number of contracts though that we serve in another line of business are 340D contracts with nonprofit organizations primarily. Okay, we're now up to 10 total contracts, eight of those operational during the first six months. Total revenues that were earned from those contracts, either in the form of dispensing fees or administrative fees, those contracts where we serve as both the dispensing pharmacy as well as the third-party administrator for those contracts totaled over $630,000. Uh, The total number of fees that we earned in 2020, that compares to $219,000 on four contracts that we had in 2019. So a $420,000 increase on dispensing prescription medications. Of the new contracts that we added, two new contracts that we added are, we're now currently billing over $600,000 a month for each of those contracts. So we're earning roughly about 12% administrative or dispensing fees on those contracts. So we continue to expect in the future that this revenue line item will continue to grow for us and uh, will, again, enable us to be successful in our uh, diversification efforts. In looking at operating expenses, our total operating expenses increased by about $1.3 million, or a little over 40% during that six-month period compared to the same six-month period in 2019. And most of that is attributable to the additional operating cost of the FPRX pharmacy, the two pharmacies in, in Davie and Orlando that were acquired in June of 2019. Our cash position remains strong. We were just over $2 million at the end of Q2, quarter number two. We expect that to continue to stay at around that amount. Into Q3. We had a significant improvement in uh, our cash flow from operations. For the uh, six month period, we had just over $765,000 positive cash flow from operations. That's compared to, in the same six month period in 2019, $111,000 used in operations. So, in essence, a deficit from operations that same six-month period. Our EBITDA, uh, we have uh, in our MD&A section of our financial report, we discussed a non-GAAP measure uh, known as, as EBITDA, earnings before, interest, taxes, de- uh, depreciation, amortization. Our EBITDA for the second quarter was just over a $300,000 loss. And for the six-month period, it was about $955,000 uh, for that six-month period. Over $600,000 of that EBITDA loss was an accrual cool that we had to make for the DIR fees that are payable to PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, that have been accrued but not yet paid. We're expecting that those DIR fees will be paid over a period of time from July to September to those PBMs, all right? We have one PBM that... We have a, the most significant billing concentration, with just over 60%. And, of course, that CDM happens to be the one that charges the highest fees, all right? So that is predominantly the reason for the increase in the DIR fees. When you back out those costs, which are largely out of our control, all right, we're just about break even on our EBITDA, you know, um, excluding uh, DIR fees. All right, finally, just a short discussion on BIOS fees. I think we've been uh, in in the last several um, earnings calls our discussions with stockholders on on an annual basis, we've constantly referred to these fees as being a significant pressure on our earnings and our, our profit margins. Okay. The evolution of these fees goes back quite a number of years, and the intent of these was originally uh, a means for uh, pharmacy benefit managers to receive additional compensation after the point of sale, meaning after the, the prescription drug has been dispensed, okay, to the patient. That would serve to change the final cost of that drug uh, for that payoff. It uh, was a means, for example, for different types of rebates that were provided by manufacturers any types of price concessions that were paid by pharmacies. Over the years, this type of fee has evolved, not favorably for many independent pharmacies. Uh, Many independent pharmacies are feeling the same pressures, the same pain that we're feeling. We're hoping that there'll be some legislative relief that will be coming our way that will at least reduce some of the uncertainty that results from the imposition of these fees. Um, the PBMs are not very transparent in terms of sharing information about the nature of these DIRCs, and they're very difficult to estimate at any particular point in time. So we're hoping that there'll be some legislative relief uh, in the in form of either executive orders issued by the executive branch or some congressional actions. Uh, uh, for example, our state senators, both state senators here in Florida, have been uh, asking CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, to act on um, some of these fees. Uh, and to a large extent, these have some effect on the price of drugs, the cost of drugs to patients, okay, because this will, uh, as like a middle layer, if you will, okay, it, to the cost of, of prescription drugs. So a little bit of background on DIR fees We continue to monitor, uh, but it will continue to be to, you know, for the foreseeable future, a significant, will have a significant effect on our gross profit margin. So those are my comments uh, um, for the interviews. That's Thanks for the opportunity for me to share them. And I'll pass it back to Armin.
2: Thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. Hey guys, uh, uh, yes, I just want to add a couple of things to uh, what uh, Bob has said. Um, BBMs. Um, uh, so, for, with some of the BBMs, we actually have the opportunity to earn those fees back. Um, uh, one of our contracts with a major payer um, gives us the opportunity to make those fees back and earn uh, a small bonus on top of it. So. Uh, We are known as a five-star pharmacy, which means that we meet all of the measures that are set by Medicare. Um, We meet them at a five-star level. Uh, So that gives us an opportunity to earn those fees back and make a small uh, bonus uh, payment on uh, top of it. Uh, So that's a little bit of a good use. Uh, but we want to talk, talk about, you know, of course, the future. And uh, as uh, um, Bob said, we we're hoping for legislation. We're hoping that maybe uh, the uh, executive order that's been put in place by uh, President Trump uh, to uh, uh, towards PBMs and uh, eliminating drug rebate, uh will bring its uh, good results in a short period of time. But at the same time, what we need to, is just to continue focus to focus on our performance and make sure that if we're charged, deep, then we either will be charged less because of our performance or we'll be able to make those uh, fees back. Um, so that's in regards to BDMs. Now I want to talk a little bit about operation and, and the opportunity. First of all, I know a lot of people ask questions about the S-1 and about the output. Unfortunately, and we've mentioned that before, we are not able to share any information in regards to a process of S-1 um, registration statement for the SEC or the up list. This is as per our bankers' legal department and our own legal department, Uh, so we just have to abide by it and we'll... Update you as soon as we will get that opportunity. So we won't be talking about S1 or an uplist on this call, uh, unfortunately. Like I said, uh, but um, we want to talk about um, the the opportunities that we have ahead, we have ahead of us. And uh, the second quarter was a very powerful quarter, even though we've had to deal with COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and that definitely has changed lives changed the way we conduct business change the way that we uh, live on a daily basis. And, uh, and we've had to adapt uh, very quickly. And also, um, you know, I want to say take advantage of the fact that we are the top and I consider, and I know that people in this room and, and at the pharmacy, all of our employees will share, um, my, uh, my share when, when I say, will confirm when I say that we're the best at delivering medications to patients and provide service to patients and physicians. Uh, we've pride ourselves to be one of the first ones to put together uh, and, and make it work perfectly uh, logistics um, that are, you know, anything that has to do with getting the medications out to patients. Uh, we know that our physicians are counting on us uh, to get those uh, medications quickly, and more importantly, to have those deliveries contactless. In other words, there's no contact with the patient, and uh, this way, the physicians are keeping their patients away from uh, public places, uh, Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS. I mean, why would I, why would you send your patients to one of the one of the places where sick people are going? So, right? You want to keep them at home. You want to be able to keep them away from um, uh high risk places, public places. So that's what we're concentrating on. We're focusing on on getting them done and and uh our reputation uh is uh definitely been working for us very well over the last few months and we're uh very very proud to say that over the course of last three months uh while uh a lot of the uh, businesses have suffered. We were able to gain business, gain relationships, uh, bring more physicians on board, um, and bring more prescriptions and dispense more prescriptions. We are uh, uh, we are having a good momentum into this month, and we'll be able to update you on a month of July, um, you know, sometime in uh, in the next uh, week or two. Um, so that's what we're working on right now. Um, also, I uh, wanted to mention the Orlando expansion. This is really, really exciting thing. I mean, we have signed a lease agreement um, uh, for a 3,700 square foot facility in Orlando, which, which is literally 30 seconds away from where our current location is. So, I, just to give you an idea, guys, our present location is about 700 square feet. The new location is thirty seven hundred, um, and it is pretty much for the same money that we've been uh, we've been spending we're we're spending right now on the present location. Um, we're very excited about Orlando market. Orlando market represents um, thousands and thousands of new prescriptions opportunity, and um, Farmco, the way that Farmco does business. Um, I don't even know if there's any other pharmacy, not that I know of, at least any other pharmacy in in this country that will be able to We're live, fully operational at a new space before the end of this year, and you know we have our hands full this end of the year. We think we have few groups, we have Orlando, and we're um, um, uh, trying to uh, finish uh, complete the uh, construction here in uh, Hallandale Beach in our new building, eleven thousand square foot building where. It is ongoing construction. It's moving um, pretty fast, considering the fact that uh, due due to the COVID nineteen, uh, the, the the Hollandale Beach Building Department is is halfway operational, but uh, we're uh, moving. To try to move. But we're trying to move as fast as possible, and, and uh, hoping to complete the move of Farmco nine hundred one and FBRX Davy before the end of the year. By the way. There's no more FPRX. Uh, I don't know if you guys read the article, some of the, our uh, press releases, and one of our latest press releases. Uh, we have um, now named all of our pharmacies are under the same brand, Pharm2Brand, so we're very excited about it. It's going to be easier, a lot easier for us to market. It's going to be a lot easier for us to use social media for the benefit of Orlando market just because, you know, we have such a strong presence in in South Florida, between State, Broward, Palm Beach, Martin County, Port St. Lucie County, Brevard County, we'll be able to to you know uh, capitalize on it, and we'll be able to put all of our efforts into into marketing, um, uh, social media marketing, digital marketing, and of course, you know what we're best at, actually going to the doctor's offices, going to MSO's, going to ACOs, going to specialty. Um, uh, specialty uh, uh, health care organization and pitch them and let them know why they should be using our services over you know uh, chains or anyone else out there. We're very good at it, and we're the the best thing about it. The best thing about us is that when we talk to doctors, when we talk to physicians, prescribers, right in general, whatever it is that we say, whatever it is that we promise. This is what we always deliver. I mean, we try to make sure that no matter what it is, we put all of our efforts to get things done the way that that they're that um, um, that that we are describing is what to expect. So, like I said, our reputation beginning to work for us. So now it's not only us going out to physicians and healthcare organizations, but actually healthcare organizations coming to us. Healthcare organizations coming to us for many different solutions. Solution is delivery, same day delivery for their patients, guaranteed. So, in other words, just so you understand, four o'clock in the afternoon, four thirty in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon. Patient needs an antibiotic. It's prescribed. We're receiving a prescription electronically. No matter what, we know that we're going to get that, and our and prescribers know that. No matter what, we're going to get that prescription to a patient, and the patient will begin taking this therapy the same day. So, delivery, um, uh, medication management, we're one of the best and one of the top when when it comes down to medication therapy management. Um, Medication adherence. We always say, if your patient is with us, we will do everything possible to make sure that it's a five-star patient. So in other words, Patient will be adherent when it when it comes down to statin medication, when it uh, comes down to blood pressure medication, heart disease medication, diabetes medication, and many many uh, more things. And of course, at the same time, providing our uh, uh, signature packaging for medication adherence, which is called Smart Pack, um, Smart uh, Smart Rx Pack, or Smart Pack, where we we call it a Smart Pack, um, which makes it a lot easier for patients to manage their medication is just a beautiful solution. Um, and 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 one of the most important things and, and things that we're we're making a very aggressive push and that is data analytics and data management. Very important for any health organization. Anytime we're speaking to an MSO or a physician or or anyone who is a uh owns and operates a healthy organization that is a full that has full risk con- contracts with payers they're counting on one simple thing and that is data data is what what helps everyone managing their risk managing their costs. so we have evolved from simply sending uh reports of utilization utilization reports or cost reports to physicians, to prescribers to actually being able to analyze data to find gaps um, to, to communicate with those uh, healthy organizations and and let them know where their weak spots where the weakness where the strength and at, at the same time being able to provide administrative uh, services to such organizations such such as 340b covered entities that really need, have each and every single do- a dollar, uh, 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 each and every single number in front of them. Very detailed, extremely detailed reports on um, their performance, uh, their uh, accounting, and um, and also uh, being able to capture each and every single prescription that is being dispensed on behalf of 340B, 340B qualified patients. It says each and every single. One of those prescriptions means um, uh, means a lot for those non-for-profit organizations, such as uh, federally qualified, uh, 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 simple as test and treat, um, uh, uh, STD centers that are you know, that we work and service. So, data management, uh, third-party administration uh, services are. Definitely, some something that is very important for us, and we're we're looking to grow that aggressively. One of the really important things with CPA, with with especially with 340B, uh, being the 340B administrator, that you don't need to have a license in order for for you to be able to to serve as uh, an entity in in Georgia or in, in Illinois or in New York. Um, we can we we will be able to roll this out nationwide, and, and so that makes it very exciting for us. So that's on, on the, the the clear metrics on 340 uh, uh, p and clear metrics business. Also, something that we haven't been, you know, speaking uh, about in, in a while now, but we're actually getting excited about now, very, very excited, is CBD. And the reason we're getting excited about CBD is because finally we got um, our hands on uh FDA-registered CBD uh, for, that we're, we're able to use for compounding. So you guys uh, can, can imagine how excited our staff is. We're able to uh, go ahead and, and market now uh, to healthcare communities our ability to compound topical creams for pain management or whatever else Using CBD that is FDA registered, so this is very exciting. This is very powerful. Um, our compounding department is uh, uh, is working very hard on on putting together formulas and putting together um, putting together prescription pads that are, um, of course, will be sent to our legal and approved. By our legal before anything happens, but we have um, no doubt that we'll be able to successfully um, implement CBD in our compounding department and uh, and get that compounding department uh, busy with uh, marketing and uh, and dispensing. Um, so CBD is definitely again uh, an exciting place to be. Um, so that's probably. It's right. I mean, do we have anything else that you want to add, guys? Anything that, um, um, anything important? Anything that I miss? No, guys? So I I guess this is it. Uh, um, uh, I just wanted to, uh, I guess, finish this call by letting you guys know that uh, we are, here to do nothing but work very hard every single day for the purpose of each and every single family that, that depends on this business and for each and every single shareholder that owns stocking in this company, um, we're focused on generating more business. areas. So we're continue to be focused on building nothing but value and hopefully we'll be updating you soon on um, all the rest of the progress that we couldn't talk about on this call. Um, but, you know, we'll be updating you with the sales for last month. And, uh, and also, you know, a lot of you guys spoke to me before you know that uh, we have an open door policy. So if you're in Miami and Florida, um, give us a call and we'll give you a tour as long as you're wearing a mask. Actually, if you don't wear a mask, we'll give you a Farmco Brandon mask. We that we just got; <laughs> those are really really cool. Everybody loves them. And um, and uh, also give us a call. You you know the number. Give us a call. If there's anything that we haven't answered on this call, we'll be we'll be happy to try to answer when you when you call us. So uh, don't hesitate. Call us anytime. We have a phenomenal team here uh, between people that spoke and people that are sitting in this room. So, there's Deruta, our chief operating officer, Cecile, who is the director of finance and accounting, and Carlos, who is in charge of our uh, digital marketing and all kinds of marketing. So, he's been uh, phenomenal, phenomenal help, big help for us. and, And, of course, All the rest of the people that are not in this room that go to work every single day, COVID-19 or not, you know, sunshine or rain don't make no difference. They make it there, and and they get things done. So God bless all of us. Stay safe, guys, and hope to speak to you again very, very soon with uh, more positive updates. All right? Stuart, to you.
0: All right, that concludes our call today. I want to thank everybody for sending in their questions. As Armin said at the outset, uh, they weren't going to address the S1. Had a lot of great questions, and Armin covered so much of that, the CBD division and and other items as well. Uh, But please continue, as always, to continue to send in those questions to us. We will be doing other audio interviews besides these conference calls, so we will get your questions in if they weren't addressed today. Thanks, everybody, for your time and your support of Progressive Care.